Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And as always with us, lately always, we have Forrest. Howdy. How's it going? Going well. Man, uh, there have been a lot of games come out the past couple of days. A um, couple of days? Well, yeah, because, I mean, What came Friday. out in the past couple of days? It's oh my Wednesday. gosh! Oh my gosh! It is. It's been a it's been like, five days. Wow! A whole what week. came out Dude. between Monday and now? Mentally, my calendar has been on Monday this whole day, and I don't know why. Yeah, no, that's the same for me. I am with you a hundred percent. I, 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 in my head, I'm like, yeah, it's only been like three days since yeah. Pokemon came out, and no, it has crazy. It's, yeah, it's been a long week so far. Yeah, that's what happens. I guess, like, time flies when you're having fun or whatever they say. Yeah. I, but it's I'm, also been a long week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because it, it's... The perpetual well, paradox I'm not having time. fun outside so of it, playing the games. It feels like a long... It's like it's been a long week, but you only think it's Monday? Yes. Yeah. I don't this think is, those things work together. It's time strange. is subjective. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's... Let's talk about video games, not about the the concept of I refuse. time and space. Um, maybe by the end of the Star Wars talk, you won't refuse, Seth, because okay. you didn't. You haven't played Star Wars. Yeah, it's Je- more like I'm Star advocating. Wars: colon, Jedi: colon, colon, Fallen colon order. order. I don't think that's right. It is. I, I I'm pretty I think sure there it, are no colons. I think it might just be Jedi: Fallen Order. Do yeah. do some brief I'll research. You guys, research. you guys, you guys talk. I'll do it. All right. Okay. So this game is it's um, just it's Star Wars Jedi: Colon Fallen Order. Okay. I swore there was a second I, colon. Yeah, I thought there was, but okay. So there's only one colon. Star Wars Jedi: Colon Fallen Colon Order. Yes. Yes. Okay. Colon. This is the colon game. Yep. And it's like you it's are, like the strand genre but it's the colon genre. <laughs> yeah. So you are playing as the Jedi apprentice uh, Cal Kestis who looks a lot like the guy that plays Archie in Riverdale if you watch that CW show. But looks I even wonder more why like... that is. Probably well, because he... they mocapped him. Well, no. the thing is, this guy is actually the dude who played the quote-unquote Joker character in uh, Fox's Gotham series. Yeah. He played Jerome and Jeremiah Valeska, I believe the Whatever. name was. It's fake Joker. Yeah. In it Gotham, became actual which is a Joker. show that no one watched. Hey, Joker was really good in it. So, this guy... <laughs> and Gordon. And so, this Harvey guy Bullock. is Joker Man in Gotham, or with... Uh, Bruce Wayne child. Um, and yes. he is not Archie from Riverdale, even though in the game it looks exactly like Archie from Riverdale. So you play as a Jedi and you are, you know, the premise to this game is you're, you're just living on a scrapper planet. So this is what's really cool. Seth, I'm really excited for you to play this game because there are really cool so far, like, if I could coin a term like Star Wars Vistas, like, in one of the, in the opening level, you see, like, this large vista of, 
uh, Clone Wars era droids and droid ships and like the separatist, um, like the large ball droid things and uh, large ships. And basically they're repurposing these ships yeah. for Scrapping Galactic them. Empire ships. Yep. Getting parts from them, all that jazz. So it's right. a cool Star Wars vista. It's all in the background and it's like just, just a bunch of stuff happening. And it's very beautiful. And this game has a ton of those. This is, I imagine it's why the game runs so terribly on PCs and stuff. Um, because people are trying to run it on high and it's like <laughs> it killing. cannot handle. Yeah. Cameron, um, who is very active in our Discord, is having a real mental breakdown because he buys the best PC parts. And he's like very attentive to that. And he can only run it on medium and 4K. And he's just like steaming about it. Um, by the way, on PC, there's no low setting. It's only medium. Ooh. So medium is low. Why medium is not changed to the term low, I don't know. But this game is beautiful. You play as Cal Kestis. You have force powers. You have a lightsaber and a Metroid Tomb Raider-esque progression system. Yeah. And also the combat is like, and I can say it's like possibly because I've listened to other people talk about it and I've never played one of them. It's like a Souls game essentially a light it's not exactly like it yeah it's not exactly but um combat does tend to come down to a um having a kind of like a dueling focus so like one-on-one um like just focusing in on one enemy and like parrying or blocking or dodging their attack and then countering or whatever it, and it has like a it has a rhythm to it that I still have not figured out yet exactly. Yeah, because it's it's, it's very focused in on one on one, and then there's eighteen stormtroopers blasting at you from the sides. Yes, which thankfully can usually be handled with one press of the of a properly timed parry, because that'll just shoot the bolts right back. But at then you also have to worry about parrying the guy you're dueling. Yes, and that can get hectic. And it's a little tough. much. Yes, and I panic a lot. Yes. And the difficulty um, settings change the amount of time you can parry successfully in. I don't know if you remember that when we were so yeah, the difficulties. So yeah, that's, that's said. This is really neat. The the difficulty doesn't necessarily change health or anything. It changes enemy aggression and parry time, re like uh, yeah, like an allowance there. Yeah. And so it's really interesting. Also, the game doesn't hold your hand and it'll let you go against enemies you probably shouldn't. Yes. <laughs> I did that. And for a solid 40 minutes, I kept trying to do that. Yeah. And I failed every time. I I went to... So if you go... The game lets you go to different planets, of course. It's a Star Wars game. And... So at the first crossroads, you get to pick between these two planets. And I read that if you go to the Dathomir, which is not the planet you're supposed to go to. Yes. And if you kind of brute force your way through it, you can get your double-bladed lightsaber, which was featured in the XO-19 trailer. So that's not a spoiler now. Like, that is in the main launch trailer for the material. game. Which, really, it makes sense. Because on the cover art for this game... And all the promo stuff, 
the lightsaber has had a smashed half at the end. Yes. And so I'm like, are they really going to have this crappy smashed half of a saber? The whole time? The whole time. And it turns out, no. That's So the double saber, Seth, is what you switch to to fight against mobs, basically. Right. Like smaller groups of, you know, just groups of enemies. So that's how you take care of that. And so I brute force... Is there going to be an upgrade that allows you to have six arms like General Grievous? <laughs> no, That'd be beautiful, but, but I terrifying. Wish. Man, I wish. Um, I but so far, like it was really cool to go to Dathomir because you fight Zabrak people, yeah. uh, which is the race that Darth Maul is. By the way, if you didn't know, okay, I didn't get that far when so, I visited well, Dathomir. Yeah, that well, that's how you get. You have to go that far to get to the workbench. Gotcha. Okay, so I I only went I only messed around in like the first area right outside the yeah. ship. So you're yeah you still got a bit a bit to go. Oh, well, and, I, I left and continued on with the story <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so there, it's really cool. It's it's very good. There's wall running in it, which of course it's a respawn game, so that makes sense. And does Apex have wall running? It does not. It does not. It doesn't. When I okay. said yes, I meant no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm wondering when Apex is going to get wall running because they do it. It likely will not. The levels aren't really designed that way. Now, yeah. maybe there could be an individual character who has the ability. but Yeah. So it's it's pretty good. Um, I I was very hesitant to get this game because I learned that the review embargo was up at midnight when the game launched. And sometimes when that is the case, it means the game, they're worried it's going to get bad press before it launches. And everyone loved it, seemingly. So it's it's been pretty well praised out there. And I'm I'm really enjoying it. The difficulty adds a lot to it. I'm, I'm wondering, Seth, the Souls games, because you've played... Well, you've played Sekiro. Yes. And you've played... Is that the only one you've played? I've played Neo. Yeah, um, Neo's alike. And I've played some of Dark Souls. Okay. So they have these, like, meditation points, and that's where you, like, spend your experience and everything. To get new abilities, and then also you can uh, rest there to regain your health and your... Um, your stem. stem packs. So when you do that, all the enemies respawn. Is that a characteristic of a Souls game? Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, that is yep, every miserable. Time in Souls, <laughs> in Dark Souls, you will sit down at a bonfire, and that resets the enemies. And okay, stuff and so these are my bonfire. Does the, yes, and does the exact same stuff. It heals you, it refills your health potion-related yeah. stuff. And then in Bloodborne, it's pretty much the same thing, too. All right, well, then this game is getting me ready for Bloodborne, then, when I finally decide to play it. Good luck. But it's <laughs> it's fun, man. I, I really like it. I'm also just getting there on the combat. Learning the attack patterns to each of these enemies is um, has become a struggle. Yes. But Thank the f- force powers make it easier to do battle with them. Yes, and thankfully most of the enemies, and I emphasize the most part not all of them uh, but most of them have fairly well telegraphed attack animations so you can if, if you just pay attention and maybe take a few hits every now and then just to learn 
what it looks like, you'll end up getting it down pretty quickly, I'd say. Yeah. Um, some of, the, like, the Purge Troopers, though, with their stupid spinning stabs with electricity. I haven't gotten them. there yet. Oh. So. They are tough to to read sometimes. And Fun. Then, yeah. And then there is a second kind later on that has the staff split into, like, two batons. I cannot read those moves for the life of me right now. Good. Yep. Looking forward to that. Good luck. Um, so I, I'm not, I don't think Force is close to beating this game, and I definitely no. am not. Uh, I think there's like eight planets in it, which is crazy. Really? I think there's like six or eight. Okay. I was reading about it. So I, so last time I played, I just finished up the second uh, tomb that you have to go into, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They mention it in the, in the planet after the intro. I don't remember what it's called though, but yeah, you go you go to this other planet. It has a bunch of tombs in it. I just finished the second one, and I have not played since. So yeah, it's fun. You get a little BD unit that's yeah. kind of neat. I like and, BD a lot. Um, the only thing I wish is that all the stuff you get in chests is just reskins of stuff, and so it's kind of nice to get like customizable pieces for your lightsaber, but. I don't really care what color my poncho is and stuff like that because I don't wear the poncho. Yeah, the poncho looks bad. Yeah. So it's it's fun, and all of the collectibles are... Cosmetic. Cosmetic. So if you want to just go through the game and, you know, fight and get what you need, there's no pressure to really get everything, I would say. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying it, and... Uh, I'm excited for Seth to get at to see if he actually likes it or if it's maybe too easy for him now that he's played Sekiro and stuff. Well, inevitably, I will put it on the highest difficulty. Yeah. See how it goes. You're going to have to be real, real solid on those parry times. Well, so like people, I was listening to Waypoint talk about it and they all talked about how it was too easy for them. And so they had to jack it up to the highest difficulty. And they what are I've, used to... From what I have read is that um, it, like, it's not going to be any... It's, it is a soul's light and and that it is... It doesn't requ- It's not as demanding of you. Um, and especially with the parry mechanic, like, it apparently comes nowhere near what it was in Sekiro where, like, the, the windows appear non-existent. Um, until you have a- absolutely memorized everything. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't say for certain because I'm not playing on the highest difficulty either. I'm, and I I'm, won't. I'm on the difficulty below the highest. My friend of the show that designed our logo, Carl, messaged me Carl. Monday. He messaged me Monday and was like, oh, are you enjoying it? I beat it. And I'm like, what? how did you beat it? And then I finally asked him yesterday. What difficulty did you play on? And he played through it on story, which oh, means man. that it, everything is zero, and parry just, time is all wanted, the way up. He just wanted to experience the story, and that's a valid way to play the game. And I'm not saying it's not, but it's hilarious because I was mad. Yeah, I was like, because Carl never plays games. I'm like, how's Carl better at a game that than than me? Like this is is making me mad. And so finally, I asked him because I was. My pride was hurt. Yeah, I was. I was not feeling good about myself. Well, yeah, we're 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 putting time and in practice into 
improving our skill at the game. And like you said, there's nothing wrong with playing through a game on story. I don't think yeah. that's a problem at all. But like just the fact that you're putting in the time. Yeah. And Carl, who doesn't play games. I mean, he's still like, put in, like he says, like 15, 20 hours. So. Yeah. Let's get into another game. I've spent more time with this than Star Wars for sure. And so has Seth, who I would like to know how many hours he's put into it uh, so that I have a good gauge of where I'm at. Um, but we're going to talk about Pokemon Sword and Shield, which yes. um, had a ton of negative reactions before mm. it came out and now has nothing spoiler but alert. Praise. It's a good game. Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, who'd have thought? Um, there are some rough edges, certainly. Um, and it's very strange game, but it's a good game. I agree. Sorry. I was taking a (laughs) swig of my drink, but it's what, what rough edges? Because I, I want to know if you, uh, have some of the same little qualms that I have. Well, um, it's it's it it's hard to nail down some of the stuff because some of his a lot of it is like a feeling of like, hmm, I don't know why this is this way. Um, so, but like to preface it, you have to understand that this is a very differently designed Pokemon game. Like on the surface, you'd think, oh, it's just Pokemon, um, uh, and. I, I I was listening to a Game Explain discussion on it, uh, and it sort of um, better articulated uh, what I what I, it allowed me to understand like what was what I was thinking. Um, so the game it it wasn't really huge news, um, but one of the the first things that came out about 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 the game is that um, all Pokemon would get experience um, from from battles and so you know that's not a, a huge deal the exp share has been in previous games which basically did the same thing but it was always something you could turn off uh it was an optional thing in this game it turns out it's not optional uh and so the game be- because of that is balanced as such uh and so there are not a lot of like trainer encounters in the game um yeah. and it's just it and because of that the game has a very like different pace um and it it feels like entirely different um from any other pokemon game uh and that's what just like when you're in the town area uh one of the strange things about this game is it's basically two different games like welded together so you have your sort of traditional ish pokemon experience but then there's also the wild area which is like it's it's sort of night and day what it is from the rest of the game um and it's it, it can be really jarring like it's really jarring like honestly the first time you go after spending a lot of time in the wild area going into um into like back into the regular towns because you get into the, into the wild area so you start off the in the first little area and it's kind of the regular fixed camera not top right. down um, but just, it's sort of, it's very linear. Um, you're just going down a path. There's a couple little, um, side tracks you can go on, but then you get into the wild area and it's, um, it's this seemingly massive area 
Like, it feels like a modern game. Um, it, you have this, the camera's pulled way back, and you have full control over the, uh, over what you're looking at. Um, there's, there's neat little side stuff. Like today yeah. I did a bike race. Yep. And I had to get from one place to another without Pokemon attacking me, basically. The, the sense of scale in the wild area is also completely different. Um, like, it it feels like an actual place. I mean, everything is is still crammed really close together uh, by necessity. Um, but it, it just... It's an entirely different feel from the game, uh, from the rest of the game. And it's so weird the way the two... Um, sort of the two experience co-mingle to, to form this kind of um, amalgamation of, of, of the game. Um, right. Because the wild area, it's basically designed for you to just sink time into it and just sort of go play to your heart's content because there's like infinite different Pokemon showing up all the time. You go through an area and um, and you see, you'll see all these Pokemon and then you can go through it like 15 minutes later and they're completely different Pokemon. All the, the weather is constantly changing in these areas which affects which Pokemon are there. Um, there are these um, random high level Pokemon just out walking around um, that you can get into battles with. Usually you can't beat them. Uh, you generally, until you have enough badges you absolutely can't catch them yeah um that's that's how they gatekeep in this game so it used to be that you wouldn't be able to control your pokemon but now it's just that in the wild area you can't catch the higher level ones well uh in previous games you could you didn't really have access to higher level pokemon until you had yeah yeah, yeah. had cleared those areas uh this one it kind of changes things up by allowing you to experience these just different pokemon um and it, and it makes like it, it it feels organic like of course there would be in the same place there would be lower level pokemon and higher level pokemon and and like it it feels like a more authentic pokemon world uh and it's really cool and it and it and it's always so weird going back into um the 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 routes which are the traditional like means of of traversal between towns uh where everything is like shrunk down um and it's so weird uh so like it seems to me that um the the way that people get into this game is you get into the wild area and then you just you're in there for hours and you way over level your your pokemon because um, i remember like the first two gyms i kind of just rolled over the gym leaders because oh, yeah, i spent I so much time everything. I spent so much time um, fighting all these and catching all these monsters that my Pokemon had jacked up their strength. But because, but then because there aren't really that many encounters in the routes between towns, but still the, the gym leaders increase in level. They sort of um, kind of rubber band back to where you are. Uh, and it's the interplay between those. It's, it's really weird. I'm, I mean, it's, and it's clear they understood how people were going to play this game uh, and sort of designed it with that in mind. Um, but it's just, it's it's such a strange approach that is very different from the sort of more regimented um, journey that previous games had had. 
Um, it's it's really fun, and it the wild area. It is it. It's kind of. It's not revolutionary, but it is a revolution in terms of what Pokemon has offered before, um, because it's entirely different than anything. I mean, and it's basically what Pokemon fans had been calling for forever. It's like, give us an, the sort of open-world Pokemon game. And they basically gave that into a bite-sized formula. Um, and it it shows that everyone had been right in calling for that. Um, and the next game, absolutely, the whole, the whole game needs to be like that. Um, yeah. I, I actually thought that... So there are, basi- there are two sections of the wild area because um, of the way the progress in the game works um they're kind of like the gym battles that the towns they they exist in these in these loops um so the first one has the first three it's the first three towns are connected to each other and then after you beat the third gym you have to go you go into the the second part of the wild area which has a bunch of higher level monsters to get to um the second loop with the last uh I guess it's five gyms. Um, it really could have. It really needed, in my opinion, like a third leg after that. Um, I mean, I I sort of understand why they didn't put it there, but I I think it 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 could have used that. Um, and really, I would I I just want more wild area. And I and I wish I wish there was more stuff in it. Like it's it's awesome, but it would have been cool like if if there were these. Um, like little pop-up villages of uh, of like tents and and like NPCs are there and trainers that you can fight. Um, I don't so know. So I was I was thinking that today when I was in the uh, first town, which is the grass gym leader, and I can't remember the name of the town, but there was like cool rock formations and stuff with different elements written on it and and like hieroglyphs or whatever, whatever the language is in Galar. And I was thinking, I'm like, why don't they have just some neat rock formations out there in the wild? Why don't they have, you know, some, yeah. some little stuff like that? They, I mean, I mean it's, they it's, do, there's like a weird lighthouse and there, I mean, there's some stuff in, in the, the next part of the wild area. That okay. You so you I haven't gotten, gotten to that this. yet. So, um, I haven't yeah, gotten to that part. Also the town, the names of the towns, they're all like complete nonsense. I mean, they're, you look at regular towns in England and they are nonsense. Uh, but it's like impossible to remember any of the names of the towns. Uh, except for Hammerlock. Yeah, and I Hammerlock. I remember that. Which is a straight Because it's that move. character yeah. in Borderlands. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the towns. Uh, one of the cool things about the game is like they visually they sort of expanded what it looks like the, the world looks a lot bigger um the problem is it's not actually that big like the towns like you can see in the background buildings and and these rolling fields and all these places you don't really have a way to explore any of that stuff and most of the towns are like one or two streets um yeah and and so it's just that's another thing that like you Put that in comparison to the wild area and just like the way um, 
the way that they made this astounding thing uh, and the way it kind of makes the stuff around it look not as good. Um, it's unfortunate, especially uh, it's especially un- noticeable. So there are three like he- the big three hub towns um, and none of them are really all that big. Uh, like it, they look a lot more imposing from the wild area where there's like this different sense of scale. But when you get into them, they're really tiny, um, which is disappointing because like Pokemon has in the past done big cities. Like you look at um, Lumio city and X and Y it was massive. Um, There was like 20 streets in it and a bunch of different zones with a bunch of, a bunch of different stuff to do. Um, in black and white, whatever that town that was based on New York. Um, so it's it's kind of upsetting that the what they have offered is so paltry in comparison. Um, and it doesn't really offer you any reason to stay in those um, outside of to, to basically get through them as quick as possible. Um, which is unfortunate because they're very cool looking. Uh, and But it's just... You know, you see everything that's there in like ten minutes, um, and and that that was certainly a disappointment. Like, especially when they first showed the map, and that you could you could see the the three big cities, and you're like, oh, those are gonna be cool, and they are cool, but there's not a whole lot to them, which is uh, unfortunate. Um, another thing that's weird about this game is, so it's not it's not weird comparing it to other pokemon games but there is no voice acting um yeah that's it's a big point because there's a lot of emotion in what these characters are saying sometimes yeah it's like so it, it had never I really um, my headset just got unplugged there we go i'm back it had, it had never really been like an issue in the past because like they weren't trying to make the characters emote as much but now there are like these long drawn out sequences of character dialogue and it's just kind of empty sound like just the sound of the the background music and you pressing the button um and it's very strange like i can't imagine that the next game that they continue to do this because it's very like it's not unnerving it's just you get to these moments and it's 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 a really it's really weird um like i, I have I pu- a feeling that hop would be less annoying with voice acting okay i i don't understand the hatred for hop i think he's actually a very good character um i mean maybe he'll more maybe something will happen but the thing it seems like he's just like too much of a he's not very self-aware that he's the guy to get beat up on like he's it's kind of weird. He's not smug enough. Um, like Beady, Beady or Bead, there's no voice acting, so there's no way to know. Yeah. But Bead is kind of a jerk and like is like, well, you beat me, but it's because I took it. E-. You know what I yeah. mean? Like a more I mean, of a Gary Oaks type of situation. They have done rivals in different ways in different Pokemon. Um, uh, the funny thing, the game is the story is basically about Hop, honestly. Um because he has the most pronounced character arc. Um, okay. 
there there's more weird stuff that I got to get to. Don't, um, I don't want any spoilers. No, so I'm not going to Okay. I really I really want you to to talk about the stuff the weirdness that happens at the end of the game, but you got to get there first cuz then it's just it's so strange. Um the the way that the story works in this game is it's so strange how it's portrayed. Um because your only goal in the game is um to defeat the gyms and then go to fight the champion um which you know is kind of the goal at the outset of all pokemon games right standard but in general pokemon games as they go like you start as you continue in the game you sort of start to uncover uh a darker plot that is going through the game and then you have to sort of face off against that right um in this game that is happening but like it's so weird (laughs) the the champion will show up and i'll be like oh i'll do this you guys go focus on the gyms and so there is this traditional pokemon plot happening in the background of the game that you are not taking place in that like multiple characters are interacting with and then you're talking to them about it but you're not actually doing anything in it. and it's so weird because every pokemon game has kind of conditioned you to okay so you're the hero yeah you're the hero there's this evil team they're doing these things uh and we're gonna go stop them um and and this one is just like no you guys just go do the gyms we'll take care of this so and then we'll talk about it later that we're playing as like one of the many characters that Ash meets along the way. And yeah, kind of, honestly. Like, we're just watching Ash's arc go. Sort of. Um, it does It does come around at, like, the very end of the game in a very strange way. Oh, the um, 11th hour. Just but, it, <laughs> but it's just so weird how, like, there's all this buildup and you know something is happening. And you yeah. know that these certain characters are, sh- are shady. But then when these... When, the stuff is actually happening. The champion shows up. It's like, no, I'll I'll take care of this. I'm the champion. It's my job. And like, I can't argue with him. It's true. Uh, he's probably <laughs> more cut out to deal with this. I don't want to step on your toes. But <laughs> generally, when you play these games, you expect to like be this little eleven year old kid going to save the world. Uh, and maybe there's something like self aware about that. That gamers like, you know, it doesn't really make sense that this. Uh, little kid is just is dismantling these criminal organizations um speaking of the criminal organization team yell uh so they're wait um, is it i don't know that they're criminal that's the thing they're not they're a very they different just team really like marnie and they want a bike to make other trainers exhausted that's as yeah. far as i know that's their motivation they're they're kind of like i've they've been best described as like soccer hooligans and that's basically what they are, um, because the game has a big emphasis on like um, sports's role in culture, uh, sort of. I mean, it is as like that's the sort. The, it it takes the broadest level idea of that, uh, right? And so they're these kind of annoying fans, um, and that's another thing where you sort of expect one thing to happen, and there is this moment when you get to the what would be the you know the team rocket hideout and you you would go to fight the would be giovanni but it kind of does not work out like that and that whole thing sort of 
not really peters out, but it doesn't um, it doesn't live up to what you expect from a Pokemon game, um, which is really strange. So uh, is it? Hold on, I want to be clear. Is it a subversion of expectation, or is it a this doesn't really match what they should what what you traditionally go for? Um, Which I mean that that can also be subverting of expectations, but like you know what I'm trying to get at. Like, I, it's it's just um, the like games. People who play games a lot are like games have a sort of way of training you to expect certain things. Um, right, of course. And like, it doesn't feel like an intentional, uh, like kind of gotcha thing where they were like, "Oh, you were expecting this thing," but instead is this thing. Uh, it's more like you expect this one thing to happen, but it said nothing happens, and this is like, well, okay, <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, and so that's it's just very strange. Like I can imagine, and I don't know if it would be a better game, but I can imagine a game where the sort of the the team the, the team story and the you know the the evil the, the bad guy stuff is more intertwined in the game like i can imagine how they would have made that work again i don't know if it would have been better for it uh but it would have been a different story and you know maybe not the one that they wanted to tell um because the game is at its heart it's about like uh, it's about this kid hop trying to live up to the the reputation of his older brother who is never has never lost a pokemon match um and his his uh is him finding out that okay maybe that's not exactly how it's going to work um and and i actually i really liked that that story um and the way that it ended i mean okay the way to again like all the, the ending is very weird uh and and the way all that stuff ends um but I, it's just, it's just strange because it's not. I guess Sun and Moon kind of had that aspect, but they also had, like, the whatever Foundation and all the Ultra Beasts destroying the world, and you jumped on a on the back of a legendary Pokemon and flew into a wormhole. Um, I mean, you had, you know, this the friendly rival-ish character. Um, I'm glad you know all that because I did not play either of those. <laughs> I, I tried. I got like I got to the hideout and then was like I'm done. I just I don't like this. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I wonder if like if there were a lot of people that were like you with Sun and Moon and so Game Frank decided, uh, eh, maybe that wasn't the best idea to do. Uh and so they just went like completely in the opposite direction. Uh, uh like there it's Rather than it being a deep lore story, it's like, nah, you don't need lore. This is just pretty straightforward. It's a sports story. Um, it's like the, it's basically equivalent of like the Madden first player thing. <laughs> okay. Um. So so that we don't go we don't go too long because we will be talking about this in the coming weeks also because I plan on beating it. Um, would you? Do you like? the open world and would you want a Pokemon that's wholly the open world aspect? Yes. I think, um, I think it absolutely like has to like, I don't know that the next game will wholesale, um, incorporate the open aspect, but I think it should. Um, because 
the it provides so much more like immersion into the world um right uh one of the unfortunate things that i i generally don't care for the games where they make sequels in the same region um but uh i love the the dynamaxing and i love the raid battles are so fun to do and those are tied the very few bits of lore that you get those are tied specifically to the region that you're in it's kind of like how um mega evolution was i guess it was like based off of weird cosmic radiation in kalos and so that's why people could only mega evolve there um and i guess there are ways they could make it work in the next game uh i don't know how so that's why i i wonder what they'll do with the next game but i i hope they figure out a way to keep the dynamaxing or or find some kind of equivalent for it um because it's super fun to do just Uh, as long as we can cut the animations down because i'm uh, i'm sick of that well, you can turn it. You can turn battle animations off. Will that turn off the the like transforming? I don't know. Like I I've never really played the game with the battle animations off, even though I do get like, I when I'm in the battle I'm like oh my god come on get on with it, but I never <laughs> like have wanted to turn them off because there are ones that I I really enjoy seeing, um like there's this one Pokemon, um called, Dr- Dragapult or something. He's like mm. a, he, he like but he has this move where he shoots two little baby pokemon out of his head and it's like <laughs> I've seen this guy. It's the cutest thing and <laughs> I love I love watching it because it's just it's just like these little tiny pokemon just come shooting out of his head. Um and there and there are moves that I like. Uh so I I haven't I've never turned that battle animations off. I do I wish there was an option to turn them on specifically for raid battles because those things just last forever. Um, yeah. But even then. As we experienced before we started recording. Um, so. Also, uh, I want to talk, I want to make a note on Gigantamaxing. So that was a, they, they made a big deal about like all Pokemon can Dynamax, which turns them into the big forms of themselves. But some Pokemon can Gigantamax, which makes it into even bigger forms of themselves that have like a different shape. I learned, uh, you learn eventually that only specific, only when you catch raid Pokemon that can Gigantamax, can, are you able to make them Gigantamax in battle? So like, so uh, they have to be raid Pokemon. Yeah. So a Butterfree can Gigantamax and turn into like, and, and turn into Butterfree with like these gigantic wings. But only if you catch it as a Gigantamax. Well, you can't evolve one from a Caterpie and then have a Gigantamax. Which was disappointing. Like, I thought for sure there was going to be a point where you get an item that would allow these Pokemon to Gigantamax. But no. You yeah, have to kind of like them. a Megastone. Yeah. Um, so, it, 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 the unfortunate thing about that is that, you know, I've raised all of these Pokemon... And do I want, if I catch a Gigantamax form, do I want to just replace them in my party um, <laughs> for that? And so this is kind of a, it's weird. Uh, but I kind it, of figured if you'd max out the Dynamax level, it would yeah, be too Gigantamax. So did I. I did that immediately on one Pokemon, and it and it turns oh. out it has no effect. Glad I, mean, I did not bother with that. Yeah, I mean, that's still useful to do. <laughs> uh, because when you max that thing out, like, um, and you gig- and then you Dynamax, like, your health, like, multiplies by four. 
Um, so that's very, it's still a very useful thing. Um, also, just as a final note, um, I, I've been kind of scattershot. Um, when we when we talk about it next week, um, maybe I'll, I'll nail some down some stuff down more concretely, uh, and be able to have stuff to ask you about what you like what you think about the stuff. Um, yeah, because I'll I'll have beaten it by next week. But I want to talk about the graphics. Mark my words. Um, the game. This game is like gorgeous. Like it looks absolutely great. Yeah, um, and it looks better on the TV. Yeah, which it looks is great so on TV. weird. There are some instances, like with slowdown, um, with there's a bunch of stuff going on on the screen. Uh, it's hard to blame Game Freak for that. That's just kind of a an issue with the Switch. Um, I love the Switch. I'm still kind of mad that Nintendo did not use the X2 chip um, and instead <laughs> used the old one. Uh, but the game, it looks so great. The Pokemon, the models look great. Um, there's a big to do about how Game Freak just imported models from the old games, um, which one is probably true. I don't understand why that's like. What do you ex- expect? Like it's the same Pokemon. I don't know how you thought it was going to look drastically different, uh, but I swear some of them do look different because I've talked about on here. I don't know if I talked about it on here, but I've definitely tweeted about it how. The 3D models are were generally really boring looking and kind of take a make the battles less compelling than they were yeah. when they were sprites. Uh, I I never really experienced that. Like all of the Pokemon, their models have a lot of like vigor in them, um, and also that crit- critique was weird because like people who played emulated versions and modded them, like they reveal that there are higher res ver- like the models that they use are higher res than they are on 3ds they're just like scaled down and people use mods to make it like there are mo- there are modded versions of sun and moon like on youtube that look like sword and shield uh right and so like those really good models were already available so why would they have made new ones and i swear they made new animations because like all these pokemon are out walking around in the wild and you have the pokemon cam stuff um so all you people who say Game Freak lied because they didn't, um, I don't even know what, what you said they lied about, but you guys are idiots. Uh, uh, I'm talking about uh, you, Joe. Uh, <laughs> it's the only person I can think of that I know that is a Game Freak lied person. But you, I'm talking about you. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic looking game. Um, I mean, even that, even that one tree, like, you know. It, it's it's a tree. I don't get why people were so upset about it. It doesn't look that bad. I don't notice when things. I don't notice half the stuff those people noticed. Like it's it's insane to me. I and it's it's not because I didn't go looking for it. Because after I saw the videos, I I did go looking, and I'm like outside of the first town where you do see some of like the tree disappear and like reappear and stuff. It. Like it's not. I didn't as even notice that. Like, like I, I, I'm aware that it does happen, because literally every game, when you get a certain distance away from, like a model, it disappears. Yeah, um, that's. I mean, that's how it works. So like, that wasn't something that I actively noticed happening. Happening, except for like in the wild area where there's a billion Pokemon all over the area. 
and you walk a certain distance away, I would see them disappear, which did not strike me as strange at all. All right. So I want you to, before we give this a certification, Seth, I want you to play more, uh, like, you know, get, do more raids. We'll, we'll do some together because Lord knows, I don't know what it is right now, but no one is helping anyone in raids. Oh my God. And yeah, we'll have to talk about that because that's a whole issue. Yeah. Um, We'll, we'll do a part two of this. Hopefully Forrest gets the game by next week and plays it. He's shaking his head, but I think it's going to happen. Come on, we'll, Forrest Mom. You can do it. Yeah, come on. Come on, Forrest Mom. Help us son out. Yeah, it was his birthday last week. And or I, I, any listeners yeah. out there. I definitely also got to check out the Battle Tower if n- for no other reason than to hear that banging uh, Toby Fox battle theme. Uh, yeah. is, that where the, is that where the music is? I would assume. I didn't hear it anywhere else in the game. All right, so. All right. We will uh, we will take a break and then we will be right back. And we're back. And open. And open. Um, as always, uh, on our social media and stuff, you can follow us at Suplex the Sticks and always catch us on your favorite podcatcher whatever you're listening on if you want us to like slide up you can see like show notes and all of our social and our discord we had a couple new people join this week it is slowly growing which is super awesome it's popping baby it is popping i'm we, even i'm even checking it every day now yeah you are you are way more active in it than you ever have been so <laughs> it's nice to see yeah it's a lot more um, fun probably and, because of me and so we were in it, and we're we're hanging out, talking about video games and stuff, and it's a good time. And so, if you want to interact with us and ask us questions and see what we feel uh, about some stuff before we maybe record, it's it's interesting. Also, uh, if you want to rate or you know let us know what you think, you can email us at suplexthesticks at gmail dot com or rate us on any of the you know, podcatchers or the, our Facebook so that people have the chance to see us more because word of mouth is great. Also ratings uh, helps get our show in front of other people. So please do that. We please. super appreciate it. Please, please, please. Do it. please. It's free. <laughs> it costs you nothing. So please. if we've brought you even a little bit of joy, you know, please, <clears throat> we'd appreciate it. Please. 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 All right. Let's talk about XO19. Please. Which, uh, if you felt like us marketing ourselves to you was a little egregious there, then uh, if you watched XO19. You'll love it then. You'll love XO19 because it was just self-marketing to a egregious point to where a lot of their top talking points were discounts on things. Oh, Lord. I wanted uh, they You know, if this was not a live event and there was not a crowd, it would be a Nintendo Direct and I would like it. But it's just so No, much. that's not true. Because there's you you say that and I, I can see where you're coming from, but there's there's so much more like there's like eight Fortnite commercials during this thing. Yeah. There was 
And it was the same commercial. Well, that's what I'm there's, saying. Oh. So like, there's commercials. There's also the like, oh, and this is the bundle you get for Black Friday. And we're doing this sale now. And it's like, this is stuff that like Best Buy should be advertising. And this is weird for your own like big event. Right. But the, I mean, they were advertising their Xbox store sale. Um, and I mean, like, Nintendo in the past has advertised discounts of games on Nintendo Directs, I'm pretty sure. I um, Yeah, I, I don't remember if they have. So, while you were like, saying that in my head, I'm like, ah, but... I think, but so much of what is annoying about it is how, like, performative it is. Like, they have this huge live crowd, um, and they're trying to make it this grand event... Rather than just like giving us the news, uh, showing us the games, like we, it's it's funny. Like Nintendo Directs are a giant commercial, um, but they uh, it's distilled. They don't so, feel so like a commercial. This thing was two hours long. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, even even like Nintendo Directs, like the longest are like forty five minutes. Which is still, which is honestly pretty long, for pretty beefy. for just a bunch of trailers, um, but it has a very different feel than the kind of parade of excess that was XO nineteen. So, so I do want to get into it. The reason it also feels like a parade of excess is because genuinely little to nothing important was announced. Which, yeah was a real big issue. So right out the gate, they showed off the new game from Rare called Everwild, which no release date, no time frame or nothing. This is probably a Scarlet game. It's, I mean, it's, it's cool to see, but also there's no gameplay. Yeah, it's cool to see no gameplay. Like, this is another probably persistent world type game. And, yeah, it looks interesting, but it's just a bunch of wildlife and exploration. Yep. Nothing else. No gameplay. And they went out of their way to say they are working on other stuff also. So this is, and this is what I think maybe is happening, and I I don't understand their strategy here. This is like the, hey, there is some stuff coming, but also we're working on big stuff for Scarlet. Like, which these is a are... fine thing to do. Like, that is good to like put that out into your community, but it doesn't need so two much. hours. Yeah, it doesn't need two hours of content. So, we have um, a couple of big things really the Age of Empires Definitive Edition, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition Shadow dropped yesterday, or not yesterday, the day of the event. And we got a Age of Empires 4 trailer, which I super love. But they said, they went out of their way to say it was gameplay, and it was like a 40-second trailer. And Could have been 40 seconds of gameplay. Sure. I don't really but remember they, what they showed. There's uh, no, sort of no release like date or nothing. Did we ever clear up if Age of Empires uh, 2... Definitive Edition is on Game Pass on Xbox? No. It's not? Someone should. I don't know if it is. I could be wrong. 
Uh, man. I don't think it is, but I could be wrong. Let's see. Let's see. So, all right. While they you announced a bunch up, of Game Pass games. We'll get to that. They announced, like... But the thing is, they also... Most of the Game Pass games were 2020. Yeah. So, we are finally getting Kingdom Hearts on the Xbox. 1.5 and 2.5. It, uh, and 2.8, It, it appears I think. that Age of Empires is just uh, PC. Okay. Which I never uh, remember. Is that included in Game Pass Ultimate? Yes. Huh. Okay. Hmm. So... Um, I've never I know been able to get that to work on my PC, even though I, I made a point that I need to go download it, um, and I haven't yet. So, game Age of Empires Definitive Edition on Game Pass Ultimate. Also, I get upgraded to it for free, I think, because I have the HD version on Steam or whatever. Uh, I'm pretty, um, I don't think it's a free upgrade. Like, oh, really? Because okay. I also have it, the regular one on Steam. We also get a Don't Nod third-party exclusive called Tell Me Why. Got a trailer for that. Yeah, it's a new... Three... Uh, new... What, how, would you, how do you describe those games? Like, They're like... The narrative adventure type things. Yeah, narrative like adventure. Chapters. Someone please let Don't Nod make another Remember Me. Nobody remembers that game. I do. Yes. I don't remember that game. Well, so ironic given the title. Sucks to suck. <laughs> yeah, <The game> was, <laughs> it um, wasn't perfect, but it was fun, and it could have been expounded. It was into a cool a, concept. Into a great game. Yeah. It it said they said summer of next year, and it's all three episodes are going to come out one month after another. So we're not going to have the weird. Life is Strange 2 sort of thing. We're like yeah. six months between episodes. This so. interesting thing, this does this game does seem to have a sort of remember me type mechanic where you have you have two characters who are experiencing memories like but they both remember things differently and you have to like choose which one is the reality. Which is sort of in the vein of what Remember Me did. Also the one of the main characters is a trans person, yep. which is uh, one of the, I believe, one of, if not the first time in a video game. I'm sure there's been some sort of indie game before that's had that sort of representation, but this is like a... Yeah. Certainly the first time it's been uh, this big a deal. I don't know if it's and, AAA, but on, it's... On the big stage. So they, they are working with Glad and other... Um, other companies or uh, foundations to make sure that they like get the representation right and don't, you know, misrepresent these sort of feelings and stuff like that. Yeah. Good. So that's nice. That's good. Representation in games is always important. And, um, you know, everyone deserves to see themselves as the hero in a story. And so this is mm. dope. Yeah. So, let's see. They also said the biggest news to me, which is kind of, you know, you should have known, uh, yeah. is that Halo Reach is coming on December third. Oh yeah, baby. Which is perfect because nothing else is really coming out the rest of the year, and so it's gonna I go can, down. Yeah, 
going to play through Reach. Legendary campaign. With my boy Sith. It's going to be George. great. <sighs> Can I join? Oh, yeah, man. of course. Thank God. I'm going to cry. And, and <laughs> I'm already crying. I'm cry. Like, there was, I already saw, like, footage of, you know, 4K, 60 frames per second firefight. Ooh. Mm. Oh, so ready. Mm. Halo Reach is the almost pinnacle. the perfect video game. Yes. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm no, that's so okay. excited. This is the, that's all it, I care, that's all I cared about. Can you well, imagine Halo Reach, but with the gunplay from Destiny? <laughs> uh, I mean, Reach was the stepping stone to Destiny. Yes. Reach is where they really refined the Halo shooting to what it, it, it didn't get better. That I mean, may it, be I mean, why I liked it the most. One of the things about Halo is I never liked the way the guns felt. And maybe, maybe that's why I like Reach so much is because... They were getting close to the that amazing, amazing juice that makes up Destiny shooting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, Obsidian announced their next game, which is Grounded. Which it's a it's hard to say that this is their next game. It's a team of like fifteen people within their studio working on this, and it's a Fortnite esque survival game in the back. It's Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids a game. It's weird. I swear I have seen no one outside of myself compare this game to that movie. Now, maybe because the movie is like a million years old. Yeah. Are we old? But this like, is... that was immediately, they freaking start with a giant ant. Yeah, that's the moment that happened. I'm like, oh, the Lego. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I have seen no one write about it. And so it's like, is that so far out of the zeitgeist? That yes, people don't reference that anymore. And I, I bet guess you it must people be... don't know who Rick Moranis is. Well, yeah, well, he really he hasn't really done anything. He kind of yeah, stepped out of the spotlight. But too bad. Forrest, do you know who Rick Moranis is? So the name is very familiar. And <laughs> I have seen Honey I Shrunk. This the is kids. where we date ourselves. Yes. He's the guy with the glasses. He's gotcha. the scientist. Yes. Then yeah, I know yeah. him. Then I just like I didn't commit his name to memory. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. He's the the nerdy guy from Ghostbusters. Yes. Yeah, there you go. All right, now that we're done with our film podcast, um, Suplex the Reels, uh, we're back on to video (laughs) games. Suplex the Cinema. Oh, that's going to happen. (laughs) Uh, You know, we have reviewed movies on this. Yeah. You came up with the name. (laughs) It's dumb enough to work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is good. Um, so Final Fantasy games are coming to uh, Xbox One. This was kind of crazy and out of nowhere. Yeah, it was completely out of nowhere. I'm and perfectly fine with it. They're all coming to Game Pass. So 7 onward Woo. coming to Game Pass. You And they said it. they said it like Oprah with cars. They're like, you get you 7. <laughs> you get 8 remastered. You get 9. You get 10... And 10-2 ten ten remastered. And then this is where it got cool because they're like, you get uh, 12. They might have said 11. I'm not sure. I know that 11's an MMO, so probably not. They did not. But they're like, you get 12, and then you get 13, 13-1, thir- or 13-2, 13-3. And then 15, which was dope. Yep. Because uh, maybe I'll give that game another shot. Mm-hmm. Who knows? 
Seth actually played through the whole game. I did. Surprisingly. Bless your heart. Um, oh, boy. But, and then... Thoughts. We got to get... Uh, what's his face back on here? Because last time from... Um, from the answer report. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because last time he was on, we foreshadowed a discussion about Final Fantasy 15 that has yet to happen. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll message Mike about it. Good dude. Good dude. Um, and so he's on the Discord. If you want to talk to one of the hosts of the Ansem Report, uh, great Kingdom Hearts podcast, by the way. And so, nice segue into Kingdom Hearts. One and two and all of this stuff from the one one point five, two point five, two point eight are also going to be on Game Pass. Oh, they're gonna be on Game Pass? I think I so. thought they're just coming to Xbox. Oh well maybe that's it. Well, either way, I'll shout out the money to buy every single one of them. Again. Yeah. Yes. I'll support Nomura Yeah. Eternally. Wild crazy man. Yeah. You know, it's odd. We don't need to go fully down this road. No, we don't. But the amount that I think Kojima is up his own butt and I'm not huge about it, I'll give whatever to, <laughs> to, to Suya Nomura. Nomura. I'll give whatever dollar to They're him. They're two sides of the same coin. See, but the problem is that already happened and it was Final Fantasy versus 13. And he had so many ideas that they couldn't make a game out of it. So they had to scrap development, and instead of becoming an indie developer, Ooh. quitting and starting in a, a small office <laughs> and getting a small business loan of a oh. lot of money, oh yeah, Namora decided to just straight up put his spitefulness over Versus Thirteen into Kingdom Hearts Three in the current Dissidia oh game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, they talked a lot about Minecraft Dungeons, which looks really good and really fun if you like Diablo esque games. So uh, it won't be for Seth, but it will definitely be for me. So that's kind of neat, mm. and I'll be able to play it with AJ. Really, it'd be really yeah, that, fun, Seth, because cool. we could sit down and play it four player with AJ, which yeah. would be our nephew, which would be awesome. Nice. Um. And it's really cool because the they revealed that you don't have permanent classes in the game. You pick up the classes. So you can, like, drop the huh. hat. Like, it's kind of like a hat system. Yeah. Sort of. So I mean, it's just like classes in real life. You take a class. <laughs> yeah. And at the end you of the drop semester, it. you're done with the class. You make sure to get the student loans, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then drop the so, class. <laughs> um, that's coming April. Me, waking nightmares right now. April 2020. <laughs> for that which is great um and yakuza zero yakuza kiwami one and yakuza kiwami two are coming to the xbox which is a big deal to forest and a big deal to some people because this has previously been sony only those games are wild and wacky in the stupidest like ways but it's so enjoyable to see they're meme games so at least a lot Good of memes do of come memes, out of them. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, we're getting a lot of, you know, studio mingling because Microsoft is, is you know, building this um, very welcoming ecosystem. And that's yeah. part of their big strategy for the next generation. I'm very mm-hmm. thankful for it. And it's working. Yeah. I, so I was, I forgot, I got sidetracked by the Kingdom Hearts talk. But. Very um, easy this, thing to do. This whole Final Fantasy thing, while it's cool, has put me in a predicament. 
because now I don't know if I want to buy Final Fantasy VIII on Switch immediately no. or well, wait until it's on Game Pass next year. I mean, you. the thing is, are you going to play it as much in front of a TV? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you got to think there's going to be a drought next year on a level because of the new systems coming out. So it'll be best to wait. There will be that new system drought. I agree that it's probably the better idea, but I also will probably just end up buying it. Yeah, the the Square games go on sale occasionally. So. You know, yep. one thing that we didn't talk about that happened in this was that weirdly, this, the amount of production they put into a Microsoft Flight Simulator uh, trailer. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was out of this world for a flight simulator. I mean, it's coming very, to Game Pass. It's very detailed, for sure. But, like, it felt like it was, like, a five-minute-long trailer. I mean, it wasn't. But I was I was just surprised how much prominence they were giving Microsoft Flight Simulator in this show about Xbox games. Wild. So I also want to... Well, well, was there any other notes you had about this, Seth? Um... I don't think so. You know, I remember seeing something while the thing was happening, but I, I don't. It must not have been notable enough. Oh yeah, the uh, skatebird. Yeah, skatebird. Which that's, uh, that's what that game is called. Skatebird. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Skating bird game that's coming in the Game Pass. Um, I want to talk about how Microsoft made the bold decision to bring up Phil Spencer, and then Phil kind of talks some stuff up about how important things are coming. Blah blah blah. Very obviously foreshadowing for, you know, the next generation of games and stuff. And so we've got something, one more special thing to show you. God, this is so stupid. And then it was Wasteland 3. I've never heard of Wasteland 1 or 2. I turned off the stream. Yeah, no, I did Immediately after I saw that, I was like, all right, this is is out of here. I mean, maybe it's a good game. Clearly, it's been a good enough uh, title. I guess it's been PC only before, and this is I like mean, the first time it's on I console. Guess, and I it's, guess it's a good enough title, but it's, the it's guy had to say... It's been successful enough for, them to be th- for there to be three of them, but... So the the guy had to come out and say, listen, you don't have to have... Because I, I turned it off after this. He's the guy at the beginning of him talking about the game. was like, you don't have to have played Wasteland 1 and 2 to play this one. This one's for, you know, this is a good onboarding point. And I'm like... Whatever, man. I don't care. <laughs> but I just shut it off. Missed opportunity to show more Halo Infinite. No Halo no, that, Infinite trailer. That was not going to happen. I, I they know. made it clear that this it, wasn't it about should. Scarlet. Uh, I just fun. need more Halo. There's, I just, man. Well, I have Reach to hold me over now. Yeah, we have Reach. Yep. That's what matters. And, and you know what? I'll I'll go so far as to say this. Maybe I'll eat my own words reach is going to be better than halo infinite anyway so it's fine we got the better halo right now yeah so yeah it's certainly better than four or five although hear me out so you got i don't know if i want to halo where's this going with destiny shooting but also with that what was that mode called from halo 5 where there was a million oh, people on the so field good. at the same time. Warzone question mark? Something like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I didn't now like that it. would be 
That was a good game. A game. That was a good game mode. I did not it's enjoy fun. it. Really? It's fun. Yeah. It's good. I thought it was fresh. I don't know if it's as good as the Covenant versus Spartan mode and and Reach. It, wow, was that Invasion? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah. That was so really? good. That mode was good. Yeah, I mean. Invasion, maybe. I don't know. All right, let's talk about Jeff Cayley and the Game Awards. Yes. Because we have to. The nominees have been released. Uh, I remember last year we went through every category, which was probably really boring. Uh, like, thinking about it, remembering back, I was I'm thinking, like, I don't want to do that again. Uh, but there are so certainly some notable <laughs> things we, sh- we can talk about. Yeah. Like I mean, Death I, Stranding. Yeah. Death Stranding oh, came it. out a uh, week Two. and a half ago. Yep. And yeah, is nominated of course. for how many things? I, yeah, I, think, I, I, think, it had, yeah, I think it had 10 nomi- nominations, uh, 10 which nominations. is the most. Um, so I did Criminal. see someone writing was sort of trying to... Um, Rationalize it? Yeah, because oh. uh, it was... I don't, I don't know if the voters... Like, voters had these games beforehand and the dialogue on Death Stranding was kind of at an early peak while they would have been voting. So it makes sense that they were thinking about it a lot. Uh, but it's just so weird considering the mixed uh, reviews that the game had for it to be nominated for for 10 different uh, awards. Ten awards in what I believe is nine categories, because yeah. there's two there's in two in the, the acting, which yes. is probably the one where I would automatically think, "Oh yeah, this is going to get a nomination," because it's using actual people. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this, and it also I... brings up the amazing possibility of Mads Mikkelsen accepting an award of a video game award. That would be so weird. I don't know if anyone else thinks that's weird, but just the thought of Mads Mikkelsen up on up on the stage at the Game Awards just seems so strange to me. So so let's at least go through the Game of the Year nominees. So for Game of the Year, they have Control, Death Stranding, Smash Bros. Ultimate, Resident Evil 2, Remake, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and The Outer Worlds. Quite an interesting. Uh, it's not as jam packed as last year. Well, uh, I don't know that last year was a super big standout. The year before, though, was was the, that was the thing. I mean, Seth, last year was God of War. Oh, you're right. That I was Spider-Man. thinking that God of War and Spider Man were the year before. Yeah. Yep. Like I don't know that there are anything that reached those levels, and also it's very hard. Because, like, you have a game like Smash Bros., which is completely different than any of the other games on the list. And, like, and it you have Resident seeks Evil to do 2. different things. Yeah, you have Resident Evil 2, which is a remake of uh, a game that came out a long time. Now, granted, it was one of the best-reviewed games of the year, and certainly, like, one of the best-constructed games of the year. Uh, just because it's a remake, they still have to do the work to create the game, and they seem to have done a masterful job about it. So I, I wasn't surprised it was nominated. I wouldn't be surprised if it wins, honestly. And we've got Death Stranding, which came out a week and a half ago. Yeah, and which a lot of people don't like. 
Um, and we, yet we've, we're ignoring Star Wars, which has gotten overwhelming praise and came out a mere seven days after Death Stranding. We don't really know what the cutoff for for this stuff is. Right, uh, and it, well, we do know it was the day after Death Stranding came out, yeah, so probably. that Death Stranding could be nominated probably, for everything. Yeah. yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm really because I've done this in the chat, and I'm railroading people, and I feel kind of bad about it because I'm being a game freak lied person about this, and I understand that I'm not. I'm not being the best person that I can be about this, but legitimately, last year we got mad about Smash not being nominated, right? And we were frustrated. And then I went back and looked. And Red Dead Redemption 2, we were mad that Red Dead got nominated but not Smash. And so I was like, okay, maybe this is another one of those situations. And I looked back and Smash came out a whole month and a week after Red Dead. That's a lot of room for a cutoff date. Yeah. It certainly made more sense last year. Seven days (laughs) is... Yeah, I mean, I, it's pretty clear that this was explicitly done to allow uh, Death Stranding to be in it and to allow and t- to give Hideo Kojima his moment his... while Death Stranding is still being talked about. Because it would be really weird to have Death Stranding nominated in 2020. Yeah. Um, well, it's going to be like weird. it's really weird that Smash is nominated now. Well, yeah, I it's gonna be disagree with that. Year. Well, yeah, because Smash, Smash had a ton of DLC. has had an entire year of hype built on DLC. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I get it. Like, I agree with you. Uh, surprising, it's not in the ongoing game because, like, yeah. I get I get that it's not the same thing that like what a game like Apex is doing, where it's very like weekly drip of content and not even content but like um changes that they're doing um well they couldn't do they couldn't put smash an ongoing game because they had to put uh final fantasy 14 in there ah yes instead of world of warcraft Mm -hmm. what especially with a huge release like wow classic this year yeah wow should have been on there but also like i hear shadowbringers is like the best final fantasy 14 has ever been yeah it's supposed to be really good and i and i get why it's on there I don't get why Final Fantasy fourteen is in the RPG category. I mean, it is an RPG, but it's not really... But it's not from this... Yeah. It's... Yeah. Did Shadowbringers even it, come out this year? Yes. Okay. So yeah. for best... It was hyped up around E3. And best RPG, but it, the nomination not only, is not Shadowbringers. It's just the game. It's just fourteen. yeah. Not only do we have a four-year-old MMO, but we also have Monster Hunter Iceborne. Yes. Which Specifically is the DLC. Se- yeah, yeah. I don't these these nominations are like like weird Confusing. like galaxy brain type stuff. They, like to wrap I say your these head nominations are... to wrap your head around how they decided these categories. It makes it's so like there is a, an an action category and an action adventure category. We we did yes. this last year though. Yes. We got mad about this I, last the year. The games are seemingly interchangeable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- there's a lack of consistency or, I guess, defining characteristic in some of these categories. You you could have taken Borderlands 3 out of Action Adventure and put it into Best Action and moved Devil May Cry down, and you could have almost had just a Best Generic Shooter category yeah. and you a could, Best Action category. Based on these specifications... Because of how broad they are, you could feasibly put Borderlands in the RPG category. 
Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. That is 100% accurate. It's just, I don't understand why they either didn't expand. Now, I guess they don't want the award show to drag on forever because they have to dedicate their hour and a half of it to esports and content creators and, and death seven, stranding. Yeah. Um, seven esports categories. But like, they could easily like make more categories because Lord knows there's a million games that come out each year and probably a lot more that deserve praise than the few that are happening in, in this show. Um, yeah. Or they just make the categories bigger. Like, put more games in it. Like, why is Fire Emblem not in the RPG category? Why is it not in the music category? Like, man, music. I don't know how you can boil down best soundtrack to five games. I don't know. You know, we could we could rant about it forever. It's just, it's weird. Like, go and look at the nominations and try and figure out what the criteria for this stuff was because you and could then not vote, do it. And then vote with the right choices of Devil so, May Cry and Sign Our So there, there's actually a thing where they're letting you, like, they're not letting you. Like, you have the opportunity to, and me and Seth and I thought about, like, we mentioned it in passing, going to see the Game Awards in a movie theater. Yes. That's probably sounds, the most exciting thing about, they're, they're doing, showing in some AMC theaters of the Game Awards live, and then Jumanji. So the problem with that is I don't want to go see this crap live. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's so frustrating because Jeff Cayley obviously cares about gaming a lot, but he really he really cares about his friend. I don't know. I think if like assuming you weren't the only people in the theater, I think it would be really cool. Like the awards themselves are whatever. But you get you basically get like a mini E3 with the announcements, uh, and people will go nuts for those. I remember last year, like I it was like midnight, and I was screaming in my room when they showed off Joker, and I literally all my roommates ran in to see if I was okay. Um, yeah. And that would be a lot more. That would probably be better if I was not in the house when they inevitably reveal the final Smash character. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, like award ceremonies are for the most part boring. Uh, but they they know how to jazz this one up with new stuff and like the interviews and stuff. Uh, it's it certainly a more compelling package than like watching the the Emmys or watching XO nineteen. Yeah, and then you get Jumanji. I just I think Jumanji's our Christmas movie this year. That's true. We were talking about it. Understandable at dinner the other day. Everyone should have cool Christmas traditions, like going to see a movie on Christmas. Wasn't wasn't Jumanji our Christmas movie the first the first one? Yes, and so that's why we yeah. kind of decided the other day that it should be the second one. Nice. So, Dee Dee was all on board for yeah, it. Yeah, so. I'm with it. So I just this game awards, besides family stuff aside that we were just talking about, <laughs> um, like it's just so infuriating, and I. I love that he's trying to legitimize gaming. Not and I say trying like it's not legitimate and that is that's wrong because gaming is legitimate even though its fans sometimes don't act like it. And I like the Game Freak Glide people. I'll deride you all day. You're terrible. I mean, um, 
You look but, at the way at what Star Wars fans did to what's his face who directed the Last Jedi, and it's basically Ryan the same Johnson. thing. So, yeah. So maybe that we're makes legitimate, it more legitimate, and that we all have bad fans. Um, but at the end of the day, like we need to figure out what we are, <laughs> and this isn't. I don't know. These categories are not great. And that that's what bothers me. Death Stranding being nominated for 10 awards bothers me because there is an obvious bias there. Yeah. Yes. But and that's I, like a thing that you sort of expect it to happen. Um, but that doesn't mean it should happen. Right. But though. there, with anything, there's always going to be a certain inherent bias to like, especially with like critics they expect certain things from games. It's like with movie, the like the 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 Academy. They always nominate a certain type of movie for best picture, and right. so like you can always expect, like you know when you see a movie, even if it's good, it's like, like this bait. isn't this isn't the type of movie that would win an Oscar. And then you can go see a movie that maybe you don't think is that good, but it's like, well, this is obviously going to be nominated for something because there are certain like things that people expect. And Death Stranding had all the markers of, like, this This has that stuff that a Game of the Year nominee has, even if it doesn't appear to be a good game. Because, uh, like, we we talked about it with, with Red Dead. Like, it it's kind of a... It, it probably belongs in the Strand genre, honestly. Um though there might be a little bit more uh, action in that just but it's it's a similar type of thing where this sort of pr- the production kind of outweighs the actual gameplay uh and so like i fully expected death Stranding to be in all of these categories uh and so it doesn't bother me as much um like i get why it bothers you because of the timing and of the games of the other games which came out more recently than that which are not talked about and even the games out that came out maybe like a couple weeks before death stranding which were probably overshadowed by that um which deserved more support uh for me that though the categories are the most like confusing thing about like i don't i just don't understand yeah however all of that aside, I do appreciate the Game Awards, and I think they are a fun thing. I don't think they're designed to legitimize gaming. I think it's more like a celebration of what games has to offer. I wish that's probably why I wish it it provided a more broad perspective of what is available. But I think it does, for the most part, it does an admirable job of highlighting the games, which uh, really displayed excellence in the these certain categories. Yeah. <sighs> it's exhausting. Because I've been mad about this for multiple hours. It was dropped yesterday, so. Um, Alright, does anyone else have any news? There's mm-hmm. like Borderlands 3 stuff happening right now while we're recording. We'll talk about it next week. They're talking about the first DLC called like... Uh, you know something about the. It's handsome got a Jack very Bob. long name. Yeah. yeah. So we're we'll talk about that next week. We, 
you know, it's happening now and unfolding now. So it's we can't really fully talk about it. Um, but it's a heist on some casino ship. So yep. And maybe Jack is back. maybe if Seth gets the season pass, then I'll play it for sure. Yeah. If he doesn't, then there's like a thirty percent chance I'll stop other games to play it, but I doubt it. So. Yep. All right. So with that, we will. Oh gosh, next week is. We might not be back next week. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Mm. Next week is Thanksgiving. Yep. Maybe we will be back next week. It's possible. It's a possibility. We'll definitely yeah. see you guys in, at, most two weeks probably. We never. <laughs> you never know with these things, honestly. Perhaps you never know. We'll be. Um, we'll come back with an episode eventually. Please. And we'll tell you what we got for Black Friday. True that. It'll be fun. All right. Bye. Goodbye. See you.